Welcome to the Voice Over Work podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services. This is Monday, July 26th, 2021. On the podcast today, we take a little deeper look into a book introduced in a previous podcast with a chapter-by-chapter look at Maximum Results, Unlock Your Hidden Abilities, Overcome Your Past, Break Mental Barriers, and Get What You Want in Life. Written by Yugesh Manvikar, narrated by Russell Newton. Part 1. The Paradigm of Success The road to success and the road to failure are almost exactly the same. Colin R. Davis Chapter 1 our foundational beliefs. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. The thought of a hot coffee on a summer afternoon was not enticing at all. However, the look on Ashton's face could not make me say no to him. We took a stroll, holding our coffee cups in hand, as he moved his hands vigorously while talking. Someone watching us, even from a considerable distance, could predict the agitation and tenseness in the conversation. Ashton's face had turned red, not because of the harsh summer sun, but the eruption of his frustration. The floodgates had opened with my asking a question. I'd just started working with Ashton as his coach the week before. I was patiently hearing him out as we walked through the central lawns of the building. And at one point he stopped, looked at me, and said, Everything was the same. I did exactly what I'd done the last time, but it didn't work. It just did not work. He shook his head in disbelief as he said, I don't know why. One of the most famous folk tales from Arabian Nights is that of Aladdin, the boy who had a magical lamp. A genie would appear when the lamp was rubbed. The genie held magical powers to make the wishes of his master come true every single time without fail. A lot of us have secretly wished for the magical lamp in our lives, something which will ensure certainty in getting us what we want every single time. We've all grown up hearing from our parents, teachers, and significant elders that our hard work is the lamp, and you are the genie yourself. Chapter 10, Focusing Your Attention Attention is the first of the five dimensions. The dimension of attention requires you to identify the realm in which you want breakthroughs to happen and to tap into the energy of that realm. The Realms of Life Imagine you're taking a ride in a hot air balloon. You're wondering what part of the town you are hovering over. You also recollect that one of your friends stays somewhere on this side of town. If you were to spot your friend's house and explain the directions to go to their house, While you're at an altitude of several thousand feet in the air, you may find it difficult. You may find it challenging to plot your friend's house, as all the houses look similar from that height. Your directions may be vague and lack direction, primarily because you would not have a proper line of sight from that altitude. Everything on the ground will look very small and incomprehensible, as if all the things have been collapsed into a very small space. Distinguishing one from the other would be very difficult. If I ask you, how's your life going? What would your answer be? You may respond by saying, 
it's going great, or it's going okay, or don't ask. There can be many more responses to this question. However, your answer may give a sense of what you're currently experiencing in your life. If I then ask you, tell me more about it, what would your answer be? You may share more about what's going on in your life. Some details may emerge across key areas of your life. The content will become specific. It is if we narrowed the view from the balloon at an altitude of a thousand feet to closer to the ground. Working on results also requires narrowing our focus to specific areas of our life. The structure of our life is... Chapter 11, Creating Powerful Intentions. Castles in the air. One afternoon, Todd received a letter. He grew curious as he never received any letters. It bore the news of his step-uncle passing away, and it also summoned Todd to the village beyond the river where his uncle used to stay. The step-uncle had left his farm as an inheritance to his only relative, Todd. When Todd reached his uncle's village, the pastor showed him the farm and the house next to it. It's yours now, he suggested. Todd was delighted looking at the large patch of the farm. His heart fluttered as he started imagining reaping a big crop of barley and then selling it to make a fortune. Weeks became months. Todd sat on the deck every day, looking at the big farmland and rejoicing the dreams of the fortune awaiting him. One day the pastor passed by, saw Todd sitting and asked how it was going. Todd explained his plan to sow barley and reap a fortune. But fall is approaching. You've missed the season, my dear boy, the pastor said. Suddenly, Todd's castles in the air came tumbling down. A lot of us, like Todd, indulge in a tendency to daydream. We create lofty ideas of what we will achieve in our lives. While these daydreams entice us, they lack passion. Another form of daydreams is the one-day-I-will thoughts. They fail to generate enough momentum within us to take action, and so these daydreams remain what they are just wishful thinking. They never transform into reality. But why do we daydream? Research by Eleanor Amit at the Harvard Medical School shows that visual thinking is deeply ingrained in the human brain, while speech is a relatively recent... Chapter 12. Generating Energy of Emotions The Bite of 97 the lights flooded the MGM Grand Arena in Las Vegas. The crowd roared as the two warriors entered the ring. This great rematch, touted as the biggest bout of the century, was called The Sound and the Fury. On June 28, 1997, the two heavyweights of boxing, Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson, were ready to clash again. The first match had witnessed the underdog, Holyfield, winning a surprise victory by knocking out Tyson. It was intense due to the recent history between the two, Holyfield wanting to prove his mettle and Tyson wanting to reclaim his glory. The fight began with Holyfield dominating Tyson. Holyfield won the initial rounds. In the second round, Holyfield ducked, and in doing so, he headbutted Tyson, opening a large cut over the latter's eye. In the third round, with 40 seconds remaining, Tyson bit a part of Holyfield's ear off. After some debate, the match referee disqualified Tyson for the act, 
and announced Holyfield the winner. The incident has been reported as one of the low points of boxing history. Later, Tyson, in an interview with Fox News, said, I bit him because I wanted to kill him. I was really mad. I really lost consciousness of the whole fight. It was Tyson's anger which made him act that way. Emotions drive our behavior. Sometimes we realize it, sometimes we don't. In the previous chapter, we established the importance of thoughts. When we think about anything, it generates a feeling within us. This feeling, when intense, creates a physical response. Chapter 13. Leveraging Your Intuition Eureka! Archimedes, the great Greek mathematician and inventor, was once tasked by King Hero to assess if the goldsmith had cheated in making his crown. He was suspected to have added some silver to the gold. Archimedes kept puzzling with the problem. During a subsequent trip to a public bath, he encountered a strange phenomenon. While taking the bath, an insight came to him as he noticed the rise in the water level of the bathtub. He figured out that the displaced water was an exact measure of his volume. He realized that, using this insight, he could evaluate the volume of the crown and solve the problem, and he exclaimed, Eureka! in that excitement. Many people report that, like Archimedes, they receive ideas or flashes of insight while in the shower. Research conducted by scientists Scott Barry Kaufman highlighted that 72% of people covered in the study had experienced creative ideas while taking a shower. It suddenly makes the routine daily activity of taking a shower enigmatic. This phenomenon may be explained, to some extent, through neuroscience. Let's look at what a shower typically provides us with. Some solitude, distraction from the daily routine, and a way to relax. Research suggests that dopamine, a key hormone within the brain, is released while we take a relaxing shower. Dopamine is essential for creative ventures. This is supplemented by a lack of fixation of attention on any one thing, we give our brains those rare moments of solitude away from gadgets. While in the shower, the executive functions of the brain are temporarily paused and the attention is relaxed. Chapter 14. Taking Massive Action Law of the Land Galileo Galilei, 1564-1642, an Italian astronomer, is considered to be the father of observational astronomy. His work has shaped the field of modern science, and physics in particular. Galileo studied various elements, such as velocity, gravity, motion, etc., and his findings became the basis of further scientific laws and discoveries. One of Galileo's many key works was in the area of motion, which was further built upon by Isaac Newton as the famous Three Laws he came up with what we now know as the law of inertia. Galileo observed what no one else had seen. Galileo derived that objects always have a velocity to them which leads them to uniform motion. When this velocity is equal to zero, the object is at rest. His second key observation was that objects could resist any change to their motion, which is known as inertia. To put it simply, the law observed that a body in motion would remain in motion unless a force caused it to come to rest. 
These two observations of Galileo have significant insights hidden in them. These insights can bring immense awareness and help you prepare mentally as you set forth on the journey for maximum results. The law states that when the velocity of the object is equal to zero, the object is at rest. To get this object to move, a force needs to be applied. And for the object to move, the applied force has to be greater than the inertia. Now, imagine how this law applies to you. The object is the pursuit of your desire, which is at rest right now. For it to move ahead, you need a stimulus or... Chapter 2. We Want It As Of Yesterday The Myth of Overnight Success When I was growing up, I recollect watching an advertisement for a very popular brand of noodles. They claim to be ready in just two minutes. You can enjoy your favorite noodles without any weight. Another ad jingle of a washing machine implied that your clothes could get washed, dried, and ready, even before you could finish your tea. From instant water heaters to instant mortgages, nowadays everything is claimed to happen within the blink of an eye. As a species, we have grown to hate waiting. We dislike cues because they make us wait. We enjoy our on-demand entertainment systems because we don't have to wait for the commercials to end. The rise of McDonald's is a testament to the concept of fast food because people don't have time to sit and eat a lengthy lunch. Our freeways ensure we don't waste time waiting for signals to go green. We live in a world of instant gratification. There's nothing wrong with not wanting to wait in queues or getting to eat your food quickly. We've been hearing for ages, time is a precious commodity or time is money. The issue with this mindset is the inherent expectation to get results on everything without waiting. We keep hearing stories of people and celebrities who become overnight successes, and secretly, deep within our hearts, we wish it could happen to us, too. The proliferation of social media and its increased accessibility have enabled us to take a sneak peek into the lives of others without getting up from our couches and what do we see? Stories of quick success, flamboyance, riches, and luxury flood the platforms. What you see is what people want you to see. Did you enjoy listening to Maximum Results? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Maximum Results. I truly appreciate it. We've come a long way, and I sincerely hope that you enjoyed this journey. It's because of listeners like you that the effort of writing a book becomes worthwhile. I hope that the insights and exercises given in this book help you in achieving maximum results in your life. I have a favor to ask of you. Can I seek 60 seconds of your time? I would be incredibly grateful and appreciative if you could write a review for this book on Amazon. Your words will go a long way in helping me take this book to other listeners. More importantly, I would get to know how I was able to help you in your pursuit of maximum results throughout this book. It would take just a few moments, but it will help me immensely. Thank you for all your support. About the author Yugesh Manbakar is an author and a leadership coach. He's been studying human behavior for almost two decades. Over the years, he has extensively coached and consulted individuals and teams on driving high performance and achieving breakthrough results. As an ardent analogist, 
Yugesh enjoys connecting the dots between seemingly unrelated areas. Apart from having managed portfolios across learning, leadership development, and organization development in global corporations, he's also taught organizational behavior in business schools. Fascinated by the unlimited human capacity, he is on a mission to help one million people achieve their full potential. Visit www.yugeshmanvakar.com to learn more. A note on attribution of sources. This book has been a result of extensive literature research. I've tried to attribute the ideas. Chapter 3. Why do results escape us? The Perils of Success and Failure Time after time, I've seen countless women and men struggle with achieving their desired results. They work hard and put in a lot of time and effort to achieve their desires and goals. Three key issues come to the fore. One, sometimes people just get what they want. And that is great, isn't it? I would disagree. Every success has a method to it. For you to replicate or amplify the success, you need to know the method and get better. When people achieve their results in the absence of a method or a process, that becomes their process to approaching goals and desires. While this lack of structure and method may work for some, it's too dependent on external variables. No one can predict which way the ball will bounce. 2. People get happy when they achieve their results. One may argue, what's wrong with that? Some may even question the strength of the argument to put this forth as an issue. The premise here is that if you can have a bounty, why get happy with a dollar? Our desires become limited by our mental models and beliefs of what we think we can achieve. These models and beliefs are created based on our past experiences of effort and achievement, how much effort we put in and what we achieved in return. Why settle for mediocre results if you have the potential for an unimaginable breakthrough? 3. People's failures become a part of their narrative. They may give up too soon or not try again the next time an opportunity arises. The shadows of past failures loom over to stop the per Part 2. The Anatomy of Failure There's only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve. The Fear of Failure. Paulo Coelho Chapter 4. The Inner Workings of the Brain. The Opposites You may wonder why we're talking about failures in a book about success. Isn't it the exact opposite? You chose to read this book so that you could achieve what you desire, not how you can lose it. It's precisely the same reason why we're talking about failure. Yerker Denrell of the Stanford School of Business suggests, Studying successes without also looking at failures tends to create a misleading, if not entirely wrong, picture of what it takes to succeed. People witness their fair share of successes and failures during their lifetime. However, they don't succeed and fail in isolation. The factors leading to success cannot be completely devoid of the ones leading to failure, and vice versa. They are two sides of the same coin. Past successes may have a bearing on your future successes. Similarly, past failures may influence your choices and actions in the future. 
our understanding of success and the factors that lead to it must account for the failures and their impact too. The study of success is incomplete without the study of failure. The Seven Fatal Drains To understand the patterns, failure is defined as the lack of achievement of desired results. In Part 1, we looked at seven key reasons why people don't get the results they aim for. The lack of results comes with disappointment. You also inherit seven fatal drains with the lack of achievement. These seven drains deprive us of our vitality and strength to aim further and pursue any... Chapter 5. Why Setbacks Are Helpful The Exile of Ambition What is that? It sounds like some strange bird, as if someone is forcing it to call. Is that sound coming from the woods? Ashley quizzed our tour guide. It is the common poor will, he responded, like an enlightened soul. Common what? she asked with a smile, about to burst into laughter. Poor will. I know, right? he said, joining the revelry. What caught my attention about this bird was more than its name or the call. The common poor wills are nocturnal birds found in parts of North America. What's unique about them is the fact that they are the only bird species that go into torpor or extended hibernation in winters. Most birds fly thousands of miles and migrate to other parts of the world when winters arrive, but the poor will goes into hiding under rocks for extended periods when the weather gets cold. Rather than braving the long, arduous flight, they tend to sleep it away in glory. The euphemism in their name, poor willed, may be more than a coincidence. While nature may have built the poor bird that way, we humans do have a choice. Like the poor will, a lot of people too, when faced with setbacks, put themselves in hibernation. They drop their arms and give up in the face of adversity. The chains of failure become so heavy that it becomes difficult for them to move. Philosophers, thinkers, and psychologists have recognized this unique trait of not giving up in many forms, whether you call it willpower, determination, persistence, perseverance, or grit, it is key for success. We all have an innate desire to be fit and remain healthy, but according to the recent statistics published by... Chapter 6. Addressing the Fear of Failure The Tale of Two Cousins Many moons ago, there was a small village inhabited by simple folks. Kind and humble, the villagers used to lead a quiet and peaceful life. One day, a strange murmur enveloped the whole village. It was about some visitors. Everyone was curious to know more. The news had spread that the village had witnessed the arrival of two cousins. In line with the tradition, the villagers invited the two cousins for supper. But strange things started to happen with the hosts after the two cousins visited. No one knew why it was happening. Rumor had it that the two cousins had strange magical powers. The villagers who had witnessed them described the two cousins, Doe and Fee, to the rest. Doe was small and beguiling. He could easily sneak through the doors and small openings. It was difficult to notice his innocuous presence, and he would always appear to be on the side of the host. The other cousin, Fee, was big and made his presence felt. He would overwhelm others by his size. Fee used to threaten the hosts and feast on the host's food. 
he would make them do what he wanted them to. This was not all. Doe used to sneak into houses where they were invited earlier and call Fee in to feast. Once they entered a house, it was difficult to get them to leave. Nobody knew how or from where they came, but one thing was certain. When one was present, the other was sure to follow. The villagers grew tired of the two cousins. They started to maintain vigil and kept checking with each other to see if anyone had seen the two cousins. Now and then, they would search their houses thoroughly to check if Doe and Fee were hiding anywhere. Have you ever witnessed the present? Part 3. Getting Unstuck Be not the slave of your own past. Plunge into the sublime seas, dive deep and swim far, so you shall come back with new self-respect, with new power, and with an advanced experience that shall explain and overlook the old. Ralph Waldo Emerson Chapter 7 Letting Your Past Be Your Past The Trails of Smoke The window started rattling. The sound was very loud and distinct from anything I'd ever heard. Curious, I rushed to the deck to catch a glimpse. As I looked up, I saw a magnificent F-16 Thunderbird fighter jet flying above. It seemed so distant above in the sky, though the roar of the engines was almost deafening. The two wings left a long, magnificent trail of smoke behind as the jet disappeared in the clouds. The smoke trail remained visible for a long time as a testament to the path of the jet. I wondered what made the jet fly so high. The combustion of the fuel in the powerful engines propels the jet forward. While one may see smoke behind the jet, it's not the smoke that makes the jet move forward. The smoke is just a residue. Our life is also like this jet. It moves ahead, leaving a trail of our past. But it is not our past which moves us forward. Often, I hear people blaming the challenges and the hardships of their past for their present conditions. The failures we've witnessed in the past continue to dictate our decisions of the present. We continue to relive the past again and again. We revisit our trails for two distinct reasons. Lack of completeness with the past. Chapter 8. Moving Beyond Our Reasons. Stuck in the Web of Two. Why not? I quizzed. She looked at me and smiled sheepishly. Didn't you always want to do that? Yes, but that was then, she quipped, while getting up from the dinner table, as if she was trying to get away from my probing. So what has changed? I persisted. Who would want to get their logos and campaigns designed by an old lady? She laughed in self-deprecating humor. And besides, everything's changed. The software, the new tools. I don't know any of it. And I'm too old to learn all that now. This dear friend of mine is a mother of two. She was doing very well at an advertising agency when she decided to get married. Sally and her husband subsequently decided to start their family. She took a break from her corporate career to give their kids the upbringing that she wanted. And, I must say, she did a fabulous job of it as a dedicated mother. The children had grown, and it was about time for them to pursue college and be on their own. The elder boy was to leave next fall and the younger girl in the subsequent year. Sally was already feeling the effects of emptiness syndrome. 
when she shared this with me over dinner. I remembered how she wanted to start her design venture. But as you can see, she was entangled in the web of being too old to pursue her dreams. Too old or too young, too skinny or too overweight, too stable or too much in flux, too busy or too idle, too overwhelmed or too unaffected, too late or too soon, and many more. Our lives have too many of these reasons. See? There was a two in the last sentence as well. We give reasons for why we should not act. And slowly... Part 4. The Maximum Results Method There's no man living who isn't capable of doing more than he thinks he can do. Henry Ford Chapter 9. Embarking on the Voyage Creating Results That Matter if I ask you, if money was not a constraint, which car would you like to own? Would you call out, if money were not a constraint, I would like a Chevrolet Spark? That is unlikely. You may ask for a Bugatti Chiron or a Lamborghini Sion. The same goes for other areas of your life. Would you ever say, if given a choice, I'm okay being overweight and living with lack of sleep, or... I'm okay with an average job for the rest of my life. I don't mind burning the midnight oil doing meaningless tasks at work. Chances are you wouldn't. If I ask you what kind of life you dream about, what would be your answer? I'm sure your answer will depict the best that you can have. We all want the best in our life, and rightly so. However, the reality is that a lot of people end up settling for less. They make peace with modest results. There's absolutely nothing wrong with living a humble life. A lot of us have come from very humble backgrounds. However, it is okay only if you desire it. I'm not suggesting that we all become paranoid and chase materialistic desires. All I'm proposing is that you don't have to settle for mediocre average results in any area of your life. The framework that we are about to explore will help you overcome your barriers to create results in your sphere which would be in line with your desires and would be significantly above average. One would agree that the proposition of achieving maximum results has an energy to it and attract. This has been Maximum Results. Unlock your hidden abilities, overcome your past, break mental barriers, and get what you want in life. Written by Yugesh Manvakar. Narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2021 by Yugesh Manvakar. Production copyright by Yugesh Manvakar. Conclusion John Naisbitt, the best-selling author of Mega Trends, once said, The most exciting breakthroughs of the 21st century will not occur because of technology, but because of an expanding concept of what it means to be human. As the world around us evolves at a rapid rate, we, too, need to evolve our ways and means. Humans are bestowed with a unique power which has helped our species evolve across the ages of time. It is the power of realization. This book intends to act as the stimulus for that realization. The five dimensions listed in this book require you to invest in building your awareness and capabilities as well as translate them into persistent effort. Many people aspire for extraordinary results in their life, but surprisingly, very few act on it. You took the effort to listen to this book 
and that is a significant action. You've already initiated your work to manifest the results you desire, and it is a good start. The pursuit of maximum results is not an easy one. I've noticed that sometimes people jump in to implement the framework with a lot of gusto, but the enthusiasm soon wears off due to lack of visible results. While implementing the framework, you may elicit linear results until you hit the inflection point, a space where the breakthrough starts showing its early signs. The inflection point occurs when your efforts across the five dimensions are in absolute alignment with each other. Your thoughts, intentions, feelings, intuition, and actions are all working in the same direction for the same cause. That is when maximum results transpire. Through this book, we explored multiple facets and... Introduction The greatest quest of humans is that of their untapped potential. No matter where you go in this world, there's one thing that you'll find in common, the innate desire of people to make their lives better. For millennia, the human species has evolved and continues to do so because of this very desire. The need to grow and go beyond our current frontiers has helped us achieve feats such as landing on the moon and exploring deep seas, which were once inconceivable. This quest to achieve and the indomitable spirit backing it distinguish us from the other species. You reading this book is an indication of your quest to make your life better. A lot has been said and written about achievement over the last few decades. Since our early childhood, we've been taught about two core tenets, working hard and being humble. There's nothing wrong with these virtues, and arguably, these are required to achieve results. Yet a lot of people strive and fail. It's not as if they don't work hard enough or they lack the key skills required to achieve the results. Somehow, success eludes them. In the case of some others, they achieve some results and remain happy with what they get, while the rest of the opportunities wait to be unlocked someday. People spend their lifetime continuing to expect different results by doing the same thing over and over again. Time and again, we've witnessed important discoveries and phenomenal breakthroughs. What led to such extraordinary results? Albert Einstein famously said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. This principle applies similarly to the results we create. You too can create. More information regarding today's book and the author can be found at audible.com or amazon.com. With an eclectic collection of water cooler knowledge, inspirational stories, and motivational thoughts, from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Overwork Podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.